Our next guest, um, a young woman who is a candidate for Cook County Commissioner, Ms. Bushra Amiwala. Welcome to Live from the Heartland, Bushra. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Well, I'm. we're glad to have you. Um, I saw you uh, the first time I heard you speak was at the uh, first Monday's event a couple of months ago, and we had your uh, uh, opponent, <laughs> the sitting commissioner, um, Larry Sufferden, on a couple of weeks ago. So we, you've, ha- you've had a couple of mentions on this show before you even got here. <laughs> um, but what I recall from your presentation that night was you, you're very new to politics, so new that the last time you volunteered it was for a Republican. Um, what's his face? I forget. Mark that. Kirk. Mark Kirk, <laughs> the outgoing senator. Um, <laughs> there's a little editorial from Michael. Um, and But I, I really liked the fact that you were just so green to this process that you you didn't, you weren't really uh, taken by party labels, which I think is a millennial trait, frankly, um, not to be particularly into the party mm-hmm. apparatus. Um, but what what made you, what brought you to this particular race uh, to run for the uh, 13th? It's 13th, right? Mm-hmm. It is the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked on the Kirk campaign summer of 2016, and the main reason I got involved with that is because he was our senator at the time. So it was almost an incredible opportunity, and I sought to be his field intern, because while working on the field, I wouldn't have to tell anyone to vote for Mark Kirk. I would just have to ask people a series of five <laughs> questions. And the first question... I'm sorry, the field does ask people to vote for a oh, guy. Th- for us, she they didn't. told us not to. They said all you have to do is ask five questions, which they will later shape policy around. Because we were doing this in the summer. So they wouldn't send out the people to say vote for Kirk until after they matched up who they align with the most. It was strategy, I suppose. Um, so the first question on that list was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fearsome are you of an Islamic terror attack on U.S. soil? And for those who can't see me or don't know what I look like, I wear a hijab and I'm a Muslim woman. And seeing someone who looks like that in front of your door asking you this question, people would sort of laugh at first because they were so uncomfortable. And they would sort of be like, well, where's the hidden camera? But eventually the answer would be 10. Very fearsome. And that's when I realized there's very lack of visibility for not only Muslims in the political sphere, but also in general, because having that level of 10 intense fear shows me that you've never met or spoken to a Muslim person. <clears throat> so sure. after my time on the campaign, a um, couple months go by, it's November, I'm working with legislative canvassing on Northside Power, which is a non-for-profit. We dealt with the political side of hunger. Um, the people from the Kirk campaign called me again, and they said we were sort of looking through our various survey results and you know evaluating the interns, and we realized you got a lot, like the most survey results. And they said that means you have sort of like this innate sense of emotional intelligence. You know how to talk to different people based on their body language. And they said <laughs> that you have this like trait trait of empathy and got along with everyone and like made means them you up. could do good in the restaurant business. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, where are they going with this? I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you. And they later then said, so you should run for office. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, honestly, was not expecting it. And I said, okay, in like 10, 15 years, I guess I'll consider it. And they said, no, the current commissioner in your district is retiring. You should run. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, he's not. I just got a face. He's not retiring. Obviously, he's not. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. But that's what my understanding was. So I never went into this race saying, I'm going to challenge Larry Sufferton. I went into this thing, wow, it's an open seat. What an incredible opportunity to sort of have a platform for all the issues I care about and implement tangible, real change at the political level. So what are some of those issues you care about that you would bring into office if you were successful? The first one would be sort of the lack of voices for people in immigrant families and communities of color. So one of the things a part of my platform is a means-based property tax assessment system. And I allude to my personal experience. I feel like it makes a lot more sense when I explain it this way. So when my family moved to Skokie, we were paying about $6,000 in property taxes. Within eight years of living there, it almost doubled to $11,000. And when my mom went to go find a solution, they gave her two options. One, just move. Or two, just appeal it. And my mom came home that day and said, well, what does that even mean? And that's the thing. People from immigrant families and communities are being over-assessed for their homes because they don't know what it means to appeal your assessment. And if those who do don't know where to go forth with this, or if you need a properly property tax appeal attorney, that itself costs $5,000 to what? Get a 3000 break on your assessment. And that's what the current system is. And it's rigged against those who do not know that this is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. So one of the really simple and tangible solutions is hosting town hall forums where you encourage people to appeal their assessment and you make sort of those phone calls in different languages as if you were campaigning. So you reach out to all those voters and people in your district always, right? Not just during the campaign process, but continuously and have language interpreters available as well. Bushra Amawala? Amiwala. Amiwala? Yeah. Uh, how do you differ? Where do you differ from Larry Sufferton? And what are the issues where you think there is a difference and why progressives should move in your direction rather than sticking with the other progressive dude? Yeah. So I think that I sort of have this background and innate sense of like compromise to initiate practical change. So, for example, um, Larry Sufferton was one of the co-authors of raising the minimum wage and paid sick leave ordinance, which is something I'm in favor of as well. However, seeing that 80 percent of the municipal cities in um, Cook County opted out of this legislation, looking into this, I've been able to sort of see why that is. And it's because small businesses banded together and were in fear of going out of business. And they said, we cannot afford to pay our workers $15 overnight, which of course is not what the legislation entailed. It wouldn't be an overnight process. It's a gradual change. But that's where lack of understanding of ordinances legislation comes into play, which is why if there was someone who said, no, that's not what's going to happen. In July, you'll have to pay them 11, still not 15. We're building up to that. But in fear, they banded together and they were able to get their more sort of municipal, more conservative levels of government to opt out of that legislation. So my simple solution would be to have an ordinance in there that treats small businesses and large corporations to different standards for the time being. So a large corporation should have this 15 hour minimum wage and maybe for the time being, a small business should do a 1250 or a 13. That way you won't have all the small businesses opting out of legislation and you won't have a failed piece of legislation either. Pretty much most of the um, <coughs> the minimum wage increase legislation does have differing um, tiers for small business and big ones. And what, what muddies the waters, just so that you know, the chambers, the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. the Illinois Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. did the organizing that you're referring to. And it's as a small business person for 35, 40 years, uh, it's bogus. 
their mm-hmm. their line is bogus. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't they don't educate people mm-hmm. what you're asking about right. about what's actually in the bill. They just right. against and increasing it's, it's, pay. Yeah, and it's having like fear. You know, that's what it is. It's instilling fear in them, and that's how you get them to organize. There's, there is a lot more fear in our populace. Than yeah, it's come up twice before. now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not do that. Um, Pushor, what do you feel about the ongoing efforts to have more federal oversight of police reform in Chicago? It has implications on county government because of county jail Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm curious if you've been following this and how you come in. I have. So I think it's necessary, and I think there should be sort of mandatory cultural competency training, which is sort of like sort of the simple Band-Aid solution, but obviously it's more in-depth than that. Um, Even, for example, when you look at sort of the bond, the cash bond situation right now, um, yes, that was sort of, quote unquote, dealed with over the summer. However, even if you sit in in some of these judge hearings, now what you have, you have sort of what's called um, falsified claims, the accusation of that. So you're sitting in front of someone who says, I cannot afford to pay $100. And you have Judge Evans or someone sitting there saying, are you sure? Are you sure you can't afford $100? And that's what you have. And it's ridiculous. So it's still not being addressed. So yes, you can pretend to say that our, our job is done, but it's still not. And that's what's still going on in the judge system. So we have a lot of work that needs to be done. Are, are there other issues with governance at, county, uh, at the county level that you're excited about working with President Tony Preckwinkle on? I mean, where, where do you see you your interests engaging with hers? Yeah. Um, well, some of the things that I hope that like all of the other commissioners can also just start off with is, for example, if you want to see where the money in the county budget is going, it takes you to a 430 page document. I've seen the websites of all the commissioners and that's what's attached on there. I think that should be broken down into everyday colloquial language so all members in your district and your constituents can understand what that is. And that's something that I think Ms. Preckwinkle would also be in favor of and perhaps be an advocate for as well. So I hope we can really build up on that transparency level so people aren't so skeptical of county affairs and county government. Do you have a sense of how the shifting dynamics of the county board might affect a successful candidacy in your part? I mean, one of Tony's top people, Chewy Garcia, is moving on, and there have been other shifts. I think Boinkin's retiring. So what's the county board going to look like after the November election? Honestly, I have no idea, but I'm very excited to see what it is and also very excited to possibly be a part of it. I mean, currently you hear people talking about how there are only two women on the 17 sort of board of commissioners. And I think that after November, we will see maybe equal representation on that front. And there won't just be two, but perhaps even six or seven women on that board. But I think when it comes from having a Republican as opposed to a Democrat, I don't think many seats will flip in that way, but perhaps the opposite, where if it's currently right, it might switch to blue. You had a question. Um, you raised some issues about PAC uh, yeah. money, um, something that I'm sure you've learned a lot of things that you didn't know <laughs> uh, about civics and running for office. Yeah. So let's uh, let's launch into some of that. Yeah. So um This was in September, so this was before my name was even on the ballot. So I had a political action committee reach out to me, and they said, we love your message, we love what you stand for, and we want to help you. And obviously the best way to offer help is by giving you monetary contributions. And the chairman and the treasurer wanted to meet with me, and we were going to meet at a Starbucks. And last minute, they emailed me 15 minutes before, and they're like, can you meet at RL Restaurant across the street instead? I didn't know RL Restaurant was Ralph Lauren Restaurant. So I walked in wearing jeans and obviously not knowing what I was walking into, my salad my salad was like $55. Like, this is me setting the scene for you all right now. And they sit down and we talk and they say, okay, we want to donate 
$54,500 to your campaign, which is like the legal amount in Illinois. Say again who this group is. I didn't name them, but they oh. are, I can name them. They're the Citizen for a More Affordable Cook County Pack. That's what they're called. Um, Sound vaguely Republican. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what confused me. The chairsperson used to work for Obama and the treasurer used to work for Clinton. And I was like, okay, so they're not Republicans in disguise. But they met with me and they offered this money. And I said, okay, so <clears throat> what's the catch? And they're like, nope, no catch. And I was like, oh, that's very nice to hear. And I was like, so where does your money come from? And they said, small businesses in Cook County. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. I was like, let me get back to you on 24 hours and let me do some personal research. Um, I go home, I go to Illinois Sunshine, and I see that the money comes from Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, PepsiCo, Snapple, and another Coca-Cola pack. It's like Canada Dry wasn't even on there. What do you mean small businesses? That was a joke. Sorry. And, <laughs> and I called them and I said, no, I do not want that money. I don't want to serve large corporations and I don't want to be your puppet of some sort. And although... I was opposed to the soda tax. I'm not in favor of soda companies exploiting human health for their own personal economic gain. It's not how that works. These aren't like black and white issues where you're either this or you're that. That's where sort of um, what I learned about that. So I declined that offer. And since then, I had a fundraising dinner about um, a week and a half ago where 400 people came and we've raised $30,000 thus Congratulations. far. I bet your enthusiasm is going to carry a lot in this campaign and you'll maybe make Larry run for his money a little bit more. It's really a pleasure to meet you. How do people connect with your campaign? Um, as I just mentioned, so um, I had a fundraising dinner and everyone sort of sees some thing in me where they see themselves like oh you remind me of my daughter you remind me of myself when I was younger or uh, you remind me of me currently even though I'm like 70 years old right now and I think that people you often say that my enthusiasm for government is almost contagious it's people who are like county affairs are quote-unquote boring but you make them seem exciting and you also break them down in a way where I understand and I'm interested and now I'm invested so I'm going to write a check for you and I'm going to make phone calls for you and that's the movement we've been seeing because 70% of my volunteers it's the first time they've ever worked on Website. Amiwala2018.com. Amiwala, spell it out. A M I W A L A. Is there a, a debate that happened between you and Larry? Yes. Um, I'm not quite sure. No one has have organized you guys a debate met yet. Each other? Oh, many times. And he's very nice to me. We've had very positive encounters. Like last time we met, he showed me pictures of his grandchildren and we talked about school and very nice. I say nothing bad. Well, sure, it's great meeting you. Thank you so Likewise. much, and good luck in your efforts now and in the future. I don't think this is the last we will have yeah, heard from right. you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you all so much. Thanks it was a pleasure. Along. Of course. Appreciate